Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And good morning, it's Annie for Showreel, uh, the look at Australian film that uh, 3CR puts on on a weekly basis. And uh, last week I offered a film uh, ticket to uh, one of the films that we were talking about over the last few weeks, Australian film, A One-Eyed Girl. Now, uh, that actually fell through, so I apologise to Connie, who rang, but uh, I really do have a couple of double passes to go and see another Australian film which will be shown at the Classic uh, in Elston Week. It's the Classic in Elston Week. It's part of a Australian-focused film uh, series that they're going to have at the Elston Week. Uh, the film is Touch. Last week we talked talk to Matt Day, one of the actors in Touch, one of the main actors in Touch. It's a mystery film and it's going to be starting to screen at the Classic in Elston Week in, uh, on May the 21st, I believe. Now, if you want to give us a call we, and uh, leave your number, I'll give you a call back and uh, be able to uh, make sure that uh, your names get on the door uh, with the uh, distributor of the film for the Elston Week uh, Cinema, the classic, in May. Okay, so give us a call on 94198377. The film is... Touch, and it's an Australian mystery film which uh, has been doing very well in uh, at all of its screenings. It did a, it was uh, had its first screening at the Sydney Film Festival and received very good uh, reaction from audiences. Now, as I said, uh, we're showreel and on three CR. We're now being podcast, so if uh, you miss one of the episodes or you want to listen back, then you can go to the three CR website, three cr.org.au and you can look up on the podcast list for Showreel and you'll be able to have access to about uh, the four most recent programs. Uh, Today we're going to have a chat with uh, Matthew Eels. Now, Matthew Eels is the uh, person who runs a website called Cinema Australia and... uh, which you can access online. It's a great little uh, web page. It uh, looks good. It uh, is uh, very interesting if you're interested in Australian film. It's a good way of keeping abreast of what's going on in the scene. And so I thought I'd catch up with Matthew and have a chin wag with him about what interests me a lot, which is Australian film. Now, it's nice to talk to someone who's similarly interested in Australian Film. I was uh, going through the uh, websites and found yours, and I was taken with the fact that it, uh, in some ways, it's quite similar to the things that I'm pursuing 
in Showreel. Can you tell me about how you decided to do a web page of this sort? Well, um, I'd always wanted to create my own online space where, where I could uh, share my thoughts and opinions on, on a certain subject. And I've always loved Australian films ever since I was a little kid. I remember you know, watching Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, when I was quite young and just absolutely uh, falling in love with it. And um, so I thought, why not start a website dedicated to Australian movies? And uh, not so much past films, but uh, future films and, and the future of Australian cinema. I was also tired of uh, the Australian media overlooking locally produced films uh, and devoting so many column centimetres uh, and airtime to Hollywood gossip. I mean, I know a lot of these uh, media outlets are commercial outlets and, you know, that's what they have to do. But, you know, sometimes you just get tired of hearing about the Kardashians and, uh, you know, things like that. And, yeah, so I thought that's why I thought I'd create this online space. It's a really lovely looking uh, website. Uh, uh, you've obviously got a sense of elegance about you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, it's, yeah, well, it's a website, um, you know, done through a template and, uh, yeah, it's turned out quite good. It certainly has. So, and you're on, uh, you're in Perth, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're based in Perth, yeah. Yeah, okay, so is it more than one person that's decided to involve themselves in this? Have you got a connection to the film industry in general? Well, uh, we do have a bit of a connection to the film industry in Perth. Um, It's kind of a a tight-knit community over here. Um, I'm I'm kind of new to it myself, but I was blown away by how tight-knit it is, and and it's a really, um, you know, it's a very energetic community over here. Um, Everyone helps helps each other out. But as far as the website goes, it is just me doing it, and um, I get a lot of support from my partner as well, who I call the um, financial director. (laughs) uh, You know, she she, uh, handles all of the money and tells me what I can do and what I can't do. But um, being involved in this industry, you are invited to a lot of screenings and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we try to buy tickets to um, as many Australian films as we can, but we're also invited to a lot as well. Mm. So tell me, uh, the the level of uh, commitment that you involve yourself in this particular uh, project that you've got going? Well, uh, I've got a full-time job um, in the media. Uh, I work for an independent uh, newspaper over here in WA. And um, so Cinema Australia pretty much operates from about 5.30 until 1 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, especially if I'm, uh, you know, writing reviews or um, preparing for an interview the next day or something like that, uh, we're just thankful that we've got two hours, you know, that you guys in the Eastern States are two hours ahead because then that gives us the opportunity to uh, do these interviews quite early in the morning and also to interview uh, filmmakers quite early in the morning as well before I have to actually, you know, shed my identity as an Australian film critic and um, and head off into the into my actual job. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, do do yeah. you get a lot of support? I mean, uh, do you get a lot of support from um, people in the film industry with this work that you're doing? Oh, we get so much support. and I'm just overwhelmed by the support that we actually get. Um, I think because Cinema Australia is a non-profit website, we're not after cash. We don't ever want the website to um, to be profitable. We want it to remain free and um, and support and promote these films, um, you know, for free. And so, yeah, we get a lot of support from the, the film industry. Um, you know, we're always invited to interview filmmakers. Well, recently, we were given the opportunity to be the first, um, you know, well, I was given the opportunity to be the first film critic in Australia to watch uh, Charlie's Farm, which is Chris Dunn's new film. 
and um, so we were given the opportunity to um, to write a review for the film, and, and we were the first ones to watch it. And um, you know, I, I keep in regular contact with Chris, just as an example. I'll use Chris Dunn, but um, you know, he loves what we do, and he's always supporting us and and giving us a shout out on his Facebook page or Twitter page, and. And yeah, we in return we get a lot of love from his followers as well. How much, uh, how important do you think it is this kind of support, the support that you're giving, and I guess in a way, Showreel is giving to uh, Australian film? Because yeah. I mean, a lot of the time people say to me, uh, "Oh, there's not many Australian films being made," but actually, it's quite shocking. There is actually a whole lot of Australian films being made. There's so many Australian films being made. It's amazing. Actually, I put a tweet out recently saying, uh, what's been your favourite Australian film so far this year? And one person replied by saying, what do you mean? There's only been two this year. And, you know, I had to actually stop and think and go, geez, when when you think about it, yeah, maybe there have been two um, Australian films released commercially into cinema, which is uh, one, Manny Lewis, and two, uh, Paper Planes. But, um, you know, when you go deeper, there's so many that have been made this year like, uh, or, or being released this year, like One-Eyed Girl and... Um, Sunday. And Touch as well. Yeah, uh, Sunday sorry, Touch. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, um, uh, there are other things like Frackman, for example. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are a whole uh, range of other types of films being made. That's the important thing yeah. too. Yeah, but back to your uh, original question, I think that it's so important to have, um, you know, uh, things like your show on as, and this website as well. Because when I talk to a lot of these filmmakers, one thing I ask off the record is, um, uh, say, how much money was dedicated to advertising? Uh, how much of the budget did you put aside to promote the film? And and every time I ask that question, I haven't had one person who has said to me, oh, oh hey, you know, they haven't. Everybody always says to me, zero, literally zero dollars. We, we we had nothing in the kitty for advertising. We wanted to put it all into the film, so that's why I think that's where I think we come in. Um, you know, to help promote these films. Hopefully, one day that'll change, and um, you know, these big investment companies uh, who invest in Australian films might actually, you know, um, force them to put a bit of money aside to to promote the film. Well, the budgets aren't big enough. Uh, oh, well, as a, a person who was a producer that I knew said, was saying once, uh, he was looking at one of those. Uh, American uh, rom-coms that was coming out at the same time as uh, one of an Australian one that was similar, similar in, in nature, and neither of them were better than the other, if you know what I mean. But the right. American took huge amounts of money at the box office in comparison yeah. to the local offering, mm. not because it was a better yeah. film. There's a, a sort of a no, sense of cultural. Of yeah, it's because of the yeah. advertising, but also uh, an impl- uh, an implicit cultural cringe that's going on. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opinion um, on that? Well, I don't know if that's the case, really. I just, um, yeah, I, I don't know about that one. I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about it, but... Um, yeah, it's interesting because when I, I I try to talk to as many you know as many people as I can in my social circle about Australian films and ask people if they've heard about certain films. And one day I just randomly walked out onto the street and did a vox pop and uh, asked random people, "Oh, so have you heard of this film that's coming out? Have you heard of this film?" And you know, ninety nine percent of the people that I asked hadn't heard of any of the films that I was talking about. But then you say, "Oh, what about uh, you know, say Trent?" 
Transformers Part 7 or, you know, the next Fast and Furious. And everyone gets so excited and they, yeah, oh, yeah, we can't wait to see that one. Mm. Well, it's interesting. Winwood Winwood, uh, did very well in Perth, apparently, according to your website. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did, actually, yeah. yeah. And uh, there was uh, recently they had a screening at a new cinema here, the back lot. And uh, that was a sellout. So, yeah, it did, did very well over here. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, there was one of the things that you were reporting about, which was the um, fan, uh, the method of m- getting people to know about that particular film. It was linked into a fan sort uh, of... The fan force? Yeah, fan force. Is, is it fan force that you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what well, I'm talking about. Fan force is another website so. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's another website that, um, uh, you know, they invite uh, people to um, think of a film that, that they want screened and if they sell enough tickets, then they'll screen that film at a cinema. Uh, oh, so you cool. get to choose the cinema that you'd like and, and then Fanforce, yeah, Fanforce put it to that cinema and uh, you get to choose the film that you want screened. Um, you know, so it's a great way for these, um, you know, these smaller films to get a screening. Uh, I know that Touch uh, is only being screened in Adelaide, Melbourne and Sydney, but, um, you know, Perth and Queensland and Tasmania and Northern Territory miss out. So that's a great way to actually get the film screened in your city or in your town if, if, if that's what you want. So um, you can go onto the Fanforce website and, and request that uh, Touch get screened in your town and if you sell enough tickets to a screening, then, then uh, it can be shown there. Oh, that's fascinating. So, because uh, that does lead to that next thing, which is if people don't have the money to do a lot of advertising and draw people into the screens, it now leads into a whole range of other things, uh, which I've found with different people that I've spoken to, that they've come up with different methods of distributing their films. Basically, they have to go back yeah. to the basics. Also, yeah. um, video on demand as well. That's uh, That's huge at the moment. Well, it's interesting because, uh, uh, what was it, A Hundred Bloody Acres, the uh, film uh, yep. was, uh, they really got annoyed that people weren't going to the cinema but were actually pirating their film because it was incredibly popular, that film. Yeah. So do you have yeah. a view on that kind of thing? Yep. Um I love the idea of video on demand and I think um, as far as illegal downloading goes, and that, that's, that's the way to combat it, I don't think we're, we'll ever be able to stop, um, you know, illegal downloading. But um, I think with uh, str- all these new streaming services popping up here and there, um, like uh, Netflix is one. Um, you know, I think um, I think it's a great way for the for these filmmakers to get their movies out there because, um, you know, you're also putting your say with a, a particular streaming service, you're putting your film in amongst all of the other movies. So, you know, if you're scrolling through it and you see this Australian, or you see this movie there and not necessarily know that it's an Australian film, but you're, um, you know, you're attracted by the poster or something, uh, you're going to click on it and watch it and then realise it's an Australian movie. And, um, yeah, I think uh, I think the, the the streaming services are going to do well for, for Australian cinema and especially video on demand. Uh, the first first one that I saw was Fell um, recently um, where they um, gave viewers the option to watch the film from their website for nine dollars or something and i thought this is fantastic I, I can just sit on my lounge and i don't mind paying nine dollars to watch this movie it's great i support the filmmakers that way but um I, me myself i can't bring myself to download an australian film i just i couldn't do it uh, illegally <laughs> that's right yeah you can uh, that's actually true that's um <clears throat> 
Uh, that's me talking to Matthew Eels, who has got a website called Cinema Australia, which uh, promotes uh, Australian films and uh, does reviews and other such things. Now, uh, we'll continue with this conversation because, as I said, uh, Cinema Australia is uh, following, pursuing the same kind of ideas that uh, we would like pursued in Showreel, so that you, the audience, know more about Australian film and how it's made. And also, uh, as Matthew says, he just decided he wanted to do this, and uh, it's a wonderful effort. So go online and have a look at Cinema Australia. I've been wondering, uh, after I spoke to the people who made Sunday, they're the first film, Australian film, it's Australian-New Zealand co-production, that has deliberately... Uh, sold itself um, by um, opening on a whole range of different platforms at the same on the same day. So they're trying to circumnavigate the whole notion of pirating by making it available on a whole lot of platforms. And that's uh, iTunes and people like that have become quite enamoured with this. It, they're like guinea pigs for a new approach to distribution. Yeah, like look at um, look at the mule. Uh, Angus Sampson's last film that uh, that worked out quite well for them doing it that way, and uh, also Infinity as well, which is another film coming out soon. Um, they're releasing at the cinema and also um, on iTunes on the same day, and um, I think that's the future of film. You know, if you want to go to the cinema to watch it, you can, but if you can't, don't have the opportunity to do that, then you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. I think it's going to be very successful. I think we're we're, we're definitely going to see a change in the landscape as you know, how Australian films are, are distributed. And, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see the numbers. Um, I know that with Infamy, uh, the trailer that was on iTunes was the number one trailer, number one viewed trailer in the world, and that was ahead of, uh, you know, Jurassic World, uh, the new Star Wars trailer, uh, the new Terminator trailer. So that's a, that's a big thing for those guys. Yeah, it is. It certainly is. That's the next leads me to the next question. Of course, it's a bit like um, how uh, petrol stations used to be on every corner, but now it's actually quite difficult to find petrol stations. Do you think it's going to be equally difficult to find cinemas? Um, oh, it, it almost brings a tear to my eye. Oh no, to that's say, right. That's uh, right. Yes, I do. <laughs> but um, I love they, watching a big uh, screen. You know, I go to. Oh, I just love it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I go to a lot of movies. Um, I've kind of been ignoring the American films lately, but I do try to get along to some. But um, when when I do go to the cinemas lately, you know, you, the audiences have obviously dropped. I remember the days when you'd go to the cinema and you had to wait in line before you get in. But, um, uh, you know, especially with Australian films at the little independent cinemas, um, you might go and watch one and there might be, you know, 10, 15 people in the crowd and, and you know, I hate to say it, but most of them have, have got a lot of grey hair and, you know, <laughs> uh, easily over over 50. And, um, you know, cause, yeah, so, yeah, it's sad to say it, but, you know, I do think that um, the cinema could go the way of the video shop. In the past, Chinese movies, uh, you know, Chinese movies that were huge, you know, the beautiful landscapes and uh, they took people's breath away when they began to be shown in Western cinemas. And they had actually bought the old Technicolor uh, technology from Hollywood and that was one of the reasons for why... Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons for why it was so luscious and uh, exhilarating. 
to watch their yeah. movies. And they really need a big screen. Will yeah. this change in the way people actually imbibe their films change the nature of filmmaking, do you reckon? Yeah, no, it's a tough one, though. I don't necessarily think it will happen um, soon, but maybe maybe in the future with um, you know the next generation of filmmakers. Well, I've been quite interested in how this generation of filmmakers are becoming much more taking in the vocabulary of filmmaking as a separate thing from uh, just making films that are extensions of books because the vocabulary of filmmaking, quite often uh, the great filmmakers have been people that have been on the edge of uh, filmmaking in a way. And a lot of that work yeah. was taken up into mainstream filmmaking, te- telling of stories in a filmmaking way. So I, I figure that maybe the... And we've only just got there, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Um, have you got any examples that you can think of at the moment? Like what have well, it, um, that, um, the way of making films... I don't know if you saw a film um, a little while ago. There was a film, for a Danish film, and it was uh, The Hunt, it was called. Just a small example, it was called The Hunt. And it was about um, a man who was uh, accused of um, fiddling with a little kid in the community and the destruction of his personal life and community life in this village, right? And it was, uh, and it actually wasn't true. But the way the film was made had a variety of elements in it which were all about watching and pacing as opposed to uh, divulging a story through dialogue or any of that sort of stuff, right? Which I consider to be quite filmic in its approach. It's the vocabulary of film as opposed to uh, an adaptation from a theatre piece into a, uh, from a book into a theatre into a film. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, with Australian filmmakers, we love telling our own stories, uh, you know, as well. And uh, not a lot of our movies are based on books and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Mm. So you can keep going? Oh, yeah, no. So I'm just really interested in that. And um, I love the changes. I mean, the things that change, uh, the, the way you actually uh, take in a film uh, really makes a difference to the way you feel about this film. So, for example, last night I went to see Pitch Perfect 2, yeah. which, to tell you the truth, because I read scripts, oh, right. do a script or assessment, it's actually shockingly yeah. written. But that's neither here nor there, because it will be a hit. Okay. <laughs> it won't, it's yeah. neither here nor there. It's like what, it's yeah. reminiscent. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, it's reminiscent of one of those 40s films where everybody comes out dancing, you know, and singing for no reason. <laughs> which used to drive me crazy when I was a kid. <laughs> but that's not the point. It's, it, it works. Yeah, it works, yeah. Also with a film like that, it's, uh, you know, it comes with a built-in audience because of the, the first one as well. And that's another reason that it would be so successful. It's very rare for um, Australian films to get sequels. They're, they were rebel devotees and they were glorying in... Yeah being allowed to be plump, you know, which was lovely actually to see. So it's, yeah. you know, it's really being pitched as a, um, as a, uh, a, a, a girl's night out 
Smith's movie and uh, to bring your daughter along so that she can yeah. just sort of glory in being female, you know? And there's lots of music. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there, it, it's absolutely impossible to think that a cappello is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Does this, does this movie make it out to be cool, does it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone has a lot of fun. It's all about fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember the first one. I remember enjoying it, uh, actually. Yeah, well, that's right. You'll enjoy this one, too. But actually, the script's terrible. From a that's, script point of view, it's completely obvious. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, very, it's interesting. Uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. Sometimes uh, you kind of feel, uh, does the Australian film industry take itself a little bit too seriously? Mm, maybe. And, uh, you know, when was the last time that we had a film uh, had a film like Priscilla? And, and, of course, Priscilla had some, you know, quite serious undertones to it, but it was also a hell of a lot of fun as well. That's right. And, um, you know, with a lot of, particularly this year, a lot of the films that have been released this year um, are quite, you know, some are quite disturbing. Uh, yeah. Some of the ones that I've seen are recently tucked and, uh, and, and One-Eyed Girl. Um, they're almost shocking and they're not movies that you can go to and have a lot of fun. And, you know, when a friend says to you, oh, how was it? How was that movie? <laughs> um, I might go and see it. But when you say to them, oh, my God, it was so grim and, you know, it, it, it turns people off, I guess. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of uh, bad things happening in the world today, and, and I think people uh, use the cinema as a bit of escapism, um, like, like we have for you know decades. But, um, yeah, there's not a lot of fun to be had in, in some of the Australian films that are being released at the moment. Yeah, no, it's interesting, because uh, a while ago, I mean, Boxing Day came out quite a while ago, and I found that movie, mm. uh, that's a great film. I think that is a great film. And um, I was with someone... What was the movie, sorry? Boxing Day. I don't know if you've seen it. Boxing Day is a really good film, a really good Australian film. Well, look it up. It's a really good film, but it's also a bit dark and uh, like what you're saying. And I went with someone who, who, uh, after the film, said to me, what are you, why did we go and see that? What what are you making me think about life and in general? (laughs) And I just thought, (laughs) that's so hysterical. Oh, I, I I personally don't think that films have to be uh, lightweight. But, yeah, I mean, Goddess didn't do well. Goddess was lightweight, but it didn't do well. Yeah, yeah, same as uh, Mental as well. Um, that was another one that, you know, had, had some serious elements to it, but it was also a lot of fun as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think there's something else that's going on there. I don't think it's just, um, I think it's much more to do with what you're saying, the publicity budget. And uh, and it also reminds me oh, of yeah. uh, my daughter when she used to play act, uh, <laughs> her and her friends used to come up with these funny voices and it took me ages to realise what they were doing was mimicking American TV. <laughs> when they were... <laughs> so I think we need to reclaim ourselves as Australians. Another thing that I just want to say is that a lot of people don't realise that... Uh, well, there are a lot of critics of the Australian film industry out there. And what I think a lot of people are forgetting is that 90% of these filmmakers who are releasing new movies nowadays, they're, they're making their feature film debut. You know, they've never they've never made a feature film before, so they don't really have a name to attract an audience as well, like, say, somebody like Steven Spielberg or, you know, Martin Scorsese or something like that. Um, and I couldn't imagine that those guys' first films were were hugely successful as well, um, as far as box office goes. 
Um, and I think sometimes we, we have to remember that we are supporting a very young uh, industry and, and um, you know, very up-and-coming, uh, you know, very up-and-coming filmmakers as well. I think There's that's a, a really good point. Out there like, uh, just, yeah, Jennifer Kent is an example who directed The Babadook. I mean, she's going to go on to do amazing things, but unfortunately, there's no doubt that it'll be American. And uh, I was speaking to another Australian filmmaker recently. I won't say um, their name, but um, I said, oh, congratulations on the film. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, sorry it wasn't a, a big box office success. Uh, what have you got coming up next? And he said, I don't know, but it's not going to be effing Australian. Right? Oh. So, you know, he's been burnt by the fact that um, they've spent millions of dollars on this on this um, film and, um, you know, and nobody really went to see it, but uh, he's had a lot of opportunities in America at the moment, so it's interesting. But, um, you know, I wish we could kind of nurture our talent as, as well as the Americans or other countries nurture their film talent. Um, I think over here... Yeah, there's not, maybe there's not enough nurturing going on, but you know, I'm not I'm not that in, you know deeply involved in the Australian film industry, so it's hard to say. But that's just my opinion of it. I think maybe we need to nurture our talent a little bit more. Mm. It could be just part of the new neoliberal agenda where everything's global, and uh, the uh, yeah. amount of money that people make, the profits that are all sucked off offshore. That could just be yeah. the new modern way. Although the Australian industry has always been in that position, actually. It's had to fight for its own space uh, ever since yeah. um, uh, forever. So that means that there is a really strong need to tell our stories, which is the key to this, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. It really is. And even if... Um and even if those stories, even if our stories are aimed at an international audience, and that's fantastic, it doesn't always have to be aimed at a local audience. But um, yeah, it would be good to see a few more um, Australian cinema goers putting their bums onto the seats of Australian movies. Well, I was interested, and before I let you go, I was kind of interested that Winwood deliberately didn't change its accents, and it's very Australian in its whole uh, approach. And it works really well. And uh, the lovely position that both the Aboriginal character and the female character play are fantastic. They go overseas and it's completely lapped up all over the place. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So they didn't have to change anything. And then on the other hand, Predestination, which was also a lovely film, really, really well done, really well made. Uh, they chose deliberately to make uh, the accents American. But it was an American story, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, same with uh, Infinity as well. This uh, new film coming out, they use American accents in it, and yeah, good on them, I guess. Well, it's an interesting conundrum, anyway. Yeah, it is. Well, good luck with your website. I think it's very impressive, and I will uh, promote it and make sure that people realise you're out there. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.